On this episode of Blending Bourbon, Dixon and I have a conversation with Blake Reber, the bourboner from Sealbox. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Dedman and David Mark Young. Welcome back. Another episode of Blending Bourbon. I am Dixon Dedman with 2XO Whiskey, joined as always by David Mark Young, the pride of Omaha, uh, self-proclaimed largest piece of meat in the Omaha market, master blender, owner of Golden Sheaf, and also the only guy I know who drives a branded suburban and tries to use it to pick up school children. Sorry, that is not true. Just no, 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 no. Cut. Wait, I don't think. I mean, it's just to get one right home. <laughs> There's that free candy side that he has uh, just, on the outside. It's just and, because uh, he's kind of like a big brother to all the children in Omaha. Man, I check IDs before I pick up any random uh, person in Nebraska. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's, that's not push the envelope over. with that one. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Dixon Deadman, how are yeah, you? I'm terrific. Um, man, this is, uh, you know, maybe you should do the intro here for our, oh, no, no, our, no, 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 our no. fine, uh, esteemed guest. Um, it's tradition. All, all the intros are... Well, are, I was fortunate enough to meet this gentleman and he can, um, he can probably correct me cause I'm going to be wrong. Uh, back when he <laughs> had a vision of what he wanted to create and, 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 and he, um, you yeah, know, was passionate about this industry and, uh, said, you know, I, I've got this idea. And I, I actually remember um, pulling over in a Taco Bell parking lot in Bardstown uh, mm. on my way back from picking up some samples and having a, an hour long conversation with him about um, the ins and outs of, of what I, at least that, that he was kind of picking my brain and we talked and, 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 and then have crossed paths with him many, many times at, at, at a lot of really, you know, cool events and cool opportunities. And, and he's kind of, um, I, I just, I, you know, this guy, the success that he's had and, 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 and the impact he's having on the industry, I, I just, I, I was, I'm just really proud that I was able to say that, you know, we were, we were friends before and, and, and watched, watched him grow this, this empire that he's, he's building. And, um, and you know, I, he was, he was bourboner back, uh, back, back, back then he's, uh, the proud owner of, of seal box and, and all the things that, that, that are under that umbrella now. And, and so we're, I don't know, it's, it's cool to have, have have Blake uh, on on the show and and I was Absolutely really glad is. when when you reached out and, and got this set up. Yeah, welcome Blake. Yeah, how about no, that intro? Thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean I I think 
it can only go downhill from there. I can only screw this thing up after that intro. So, uh, no, it's, but it is, it's, it's funny. I mean, you, you know, when Dixon think about, we were talking on when there's just the bourboner days and yeah, I remember those calls early on where I think you were in the middle of sale or thinking about a sale, all this stuff. And, and it's like, but, but that was a perfect example of who we were trying to highlight. It's like, it's this great brand. It's a cool story. The, the, the whiskey's great, but it's not national, you know? Yeah. You know, with that brand, you're probably just Kentucky, maybe one or two others. And that was the thing I just kept seeing over and over again. And it's like, you know, these brands need, need exposure. They need somebody kind of fighting for them. And you guys know the retail game. It's tough at times. And, you know, to grab somebody's attention. And um, so, yeah, that I mean, that's where the whole idea for Sealbox started. And I think I may have said it before the show, whenever I had to spell out the name, I probably would have thought of a better <laughs> name had I known I was going to be using it five years <laughs> later, but, you know, still spelling it out every time. But no, I, it's it's been great. It's a great I, ride and obviously know, fun to see. I think like to, to go back to, you know, where where it started like what where it all began because this is going to be about like a five five part question well let's start with this real quick let me start with a to the point question real quick no you have a 10 minute intro (laughs) (laughs) when you meet someone you know i'm blake nice to meet you nice to meet you blake what do you do what, what do you tell them? Yeah, that's a, that's a, a funny one these days. Um, yeah, I, so I live in Jacksonville, Florida. And so thankfully bourbon's getting so much bigger, but, or, or a lot bigger where it, it seems reasonable, but you know, I was a, a accountant worked in the CPA world for 10 to 12 years. So right. it wasn't as much as like, what do I tell people now? I just say, oh, we, we sell spirits online. Our business sells spirits online. But, you know, to go from accounting, I think some people still think I'm like uh, a bourbon influencer and do TikTok dance around bourbon bottles or something. And that's how I'm feeding my children. But, um, <laughs> you know, it is. It's it's not an easy business model to explain to people because right. it's like, well, you know, we, we sell spirits online. We have a warehouse in D.C., but I'm in Jacksonville. In the and a lot of who we carry is in Kentucky and everywhere else and all this stuff. So, um, Look, yeah, it, David uh, asked that question all wrong, and you should have just let me go with this because I had something I needed to, to talk about. Just ruin your five part question. Let's hear the so, real question. Yeah, so, so first, first part of the question. That like, was a clip do you notes. remember? Do you remember what it was, or that moment, or that what what it what 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 was it that made that that what what was the thing that that caused you to to go down the bourbon rabbit hole what like at the very beginning was the first was the first pour what was the first experience was it college was it what you know like what 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 was the first thing you said oh wow bourbon is i'm into bourbon mm-hmm. yeah i wish there was um you know i've probably said this in story on dixon before but i wish i had like that family heritage or you know, just, well, this is what my dad drank and my granddad drank and all this stuff. But I I really didn't have that. You know, I grew up in a house that didn't drink, which was even kind of funnier. But I think because of it, you know, I'd start seeing stuff online. I'd see certain people drinking whiskey at bars and getting old fashions, that kind of stuff. But 
2010 ish. That's it, it really just wasn't that big of a thing. It was still kind of your granddad's thing. Um, and I remember, you know, like realizing, oh, I probably, you, you know, I'm a year out of college. I probably shouldn't store Maker's Mark in the freezer anymore. I should probably just keep it out on the shelf. You, it, it'll, it'll hold better that way. We're not doing um, shots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but so there were just kind of like several pieces like that. And then, you know, I think the the fun thing to me is always just to explore. And as we all know, with bourbon, like you can get on some rabbit holes mm-hmm, and yeah. starting to dive down all those things. And then this is all the same time where like the bourbon Facebook community is becoming a real thing. You know, it's kind of ubiquitous at this point, but back then you didn't have all these groups. It was like straight bourbon, um, the forum, it was, you know, bourbon enthusiast, the forum and some blogs, but so all this coming on Facebook. And what I realized was like, oh, I'm actually, while I think I'm kind of the minority of bourbon drinkers, cause I don't have this family legacy or people drinking or whatever. Like I'm actually in the majority of who's coming into the industry. And I think I really saw mm-hmm. that on, the, I started the blog and was trying to do like this way to review apps well, that, and that's everything where we're going next like what what, yeah. what was because i think i think you were at yeah like you you were one of the first big i mean influencers that wasn't writing for a, a major print periodical like you were <laughs> kind of like i i can remember when they were like oh dixon did you did you see this this bourboner guy you know and I was like, it, "What? I what is that? You know?" And it's, I mean, I yeah, yeah. So like, what? What? Like, and this was, was, that, was that when you when you uh, started? So that would have been around 2013 when 2013. it started. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And was that like just like a, I need this distraction from uh, crunching numbers kind of thing? Like this? Yeah, know, yeah. I mean, were you ever I, thinking I, I'm going to monetize this or I'm going to this um, is going to grow this? Or I'm going to. It's like I just I'm I like to write. I like spirits. I'm going to start writing about spirits. You know, kind of thing or how that. Yeah. Um, so you know, my brother will always tell the joke of you know you haven't seen the the crazy random ideas and businesses Blake has tried to start before this, but I've always <laughs> just kind of played around with you know That's I awesome. think I was. I was importing like um, egg incubators and selling them on Amazon way back in the day before like fulfillment by Amazon. There was, you, you know, I was big into triathlons, just trying to do all this stuff. And so there, there was just always something and that just, to me, that's fun. Like you can have a hobby or you can do these things as your hobby. And if you make money, great. If you don't, great, you know. Um, so I had a, a lot of that stuff kind of going on. So the original idea with Bourboner was um, it would just like an app or site that you could keep track of your notes. Cause you know, I had these 33 books or 33 notebooks that I keep and I'd forget. And I was like, Oh, it'd be cool to be an app for that. And I'm not a developer. So it, it kind of fizzled out pretty quickly, but I was like, well, you know, an app needs a blog to draw attention to it. Right. And so I think the first post that really just took off was something it was like, um, when did Pappy become so popular? And I just took a Google trend and it just showed the number of searches over months for the past, like five years. And all of a sudden there's like a few thousand people on it. I'm like, well, that was kind of fun. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's this adrenaline rush of, uh, things and just started pushing it from there and never had the idea that like, Oh, this is going to be some big money maker. But you know, it's like, well, if there's a way to 
figure out how to make money out of something you're passionate about and you enjoy, like, why would I not do that too? So, you know, I did like a little bit of advertising here and there. And then that turned into the bourbon or pro memberships, which we started in like 2015. So this is like pre Patreon, you know, there's in, I, it was probably like, uh, the biggest introduction to the internet ever. Like we've all had trolling comments and we all get them. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And I mean, it was like, I had just, you know, the only sin that you can't commit is profiting off of bourbon, apparently to, you know, the bourbon world in 2015. <laughs> I'm like, well, guys, like, uh, spend a lot of time on this. I'm, I'm not asking for a lot of money and nothing's going to change, you know? So it is just funny to go back and look at that. But I think it was just, it's always been fun to me. I've always enjoyed it. And there's always something new to learn and to share that with others. And, you know, I feel like we're doing the exact same thing, but on a retail side with Sealbox, like we're getting stories, we're telling stories, we're doing reviews, we're, you know, giving people uh, more of an education than just like, uh, boom, here it is, buy it. Um, right. So it was like good training for what, what I do now. <laughs> the Sealbox thing, I mean, I, those conversations that we had, they were, you know, and, and you're like, what do you think about this? And I was like, I, I don't even, you know, like that is freaking amazing what you're talking about doing. I don't Sounds know how impossible. You do it, but it's, <laughs> right. you know, and like I, I'm always in awe of your ability to kind of um, be ahead of things uh, and, and not only be ahead of them, but to like figure out the path to it. Um, when you're like, I mean, I remember you were like, yeah, well, I'm, if I set this up in DC and I was like, mm. last I checked, you lived in Jacksonville <laughs> and you were a CPA. Yeah. Correctly. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's awesome. I, I just, I can't, um, yeah, I think what you've done and, and what you've accomplished and, and your, your ability to kind of, uh, be ahead of, of things is, is incredible. Yeah. There, well, there's, I appreciate there's, that. means a lot coming from, coming from you. Cause you, you, you know how this industry works. Unfortunately, it's not a ton of forward thinking at times. And yeah. uh, <laughs> no, and it's, and it's, it's different everywhere from state to mm -hmm. state and mm -hmm. region to region and, and, you know, from retailer, to retailer, all the things that, and I can only imagine I had a small glimpse into um, fulfillment, and we we, we tried to do uh, on a national level fulfillment, and uh, we asserted some things. This is during COVID, so it was you know during the wild wild west, and um, and you know once I got into and this was pre getting our hand slapped and shut <laughs> shut down. Uh, once I got into you know inter and intrastate regulations and. And, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a dynamic, uh, aspect, right? Right. I mean, doesn't that change regularly for you? Yeah. And thankfully we've had just some, some partners like on the software side that really make sure, you know, it's like, Hey, if the product is set up correctly, we will, you know, withhold the correct taxes, file them on time, do all these things. So there are some, some good things for that, but you know, early on it, it is, it's just, 
you know, and not only is it dynamic, I think half the time, nobody knows what, what is actually going on. So you get one answer from one side and a different answer from the other side. Then you talk to our DC attorneys and they're like, it's federally legal, go ship wherever you want. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right either. So, uh, well, yeah, um, I I heard your recent episode with Ryan and Kenny. And, um, and I recall you saying that, that, you know, you, you talked to one, set of legal folks and they tell you, you green light and then someone else, hell no, stop, you know, yeah, it, you, it, there's uh, a lot of conflicting, um, direction out there. In, in general, I think that's, that can be alcohol at times. You know, I, right. I feel bad for brands who decide to go heavy in control States. Cause I feel like unless you, uh, um, you know, really have a friend in the uh, office, it can be a lot of fun too, yeah. but you know, it's, it's also, it's kind of like a barrier to entry. So not everybody, like if you get it figured out to a decent amount, like, you know, not everybody wants to jump into that. And, um, you know, and I think for, for us too, it's like, then we can take brands to States that they probably don't want to go to, but they have customers there. So it's, it kind of scratches that itch where, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're, want to get bottles to, to people who want to drink them and talk about them and do all that. So it's like, how can we do that efficiently? Right. Um, and efficiently is not always the word. It's like, how can we do that painstakingly or, uh, uh, yeah. So I know, I know you're, you know, you, 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 you make a decision to invest in a product and then take that into your inventory. And that's, it's a big decision. You know, I'm sure there's, research, market research, um, you know, product research and whatnot. But once you, once you make that decision, you've got that investment, then you've got your marching orders cut out for you, you know, because I mean, you, otherwise you're going to sit on that product that that's mm-hmm. becomes your private stash if you don't sell it. So, <laughs> so it better be drinking good. well for some, some months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. what's, what's your, what's been your, your regular biggest challenge? Uh, yeah. That's the, basis? Um, you know, that's the biggest thing is I think trying to predict what customers want. So, so we kind of have this balance of, you know, there's just some products that they fit into what we do. Maybe it's not my favorite thing, but it sells, people are wanting it. Great. Get that out there. Then, then there's this other set of products where it's like, man, we really believe in it. We love it. We want to keep bringing it in it's just going to take more time. And, and we've seen that happen enough, um, where, you know, a lot of times people just need to see a bottle three, four five times right. from, you, you know, people they trust that have reviewed it sites that they've trust posting about it, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then they finally give it a chance and they're like, Oh yeah, this, this is what they're talking about. Um, and then there's just some where it's like, I don't know. I don't know if we just overbought or what, but it's, it's, we're constantly just trying to decide ahead of times, you know, six weeks ahead, what we think people are going to want to buy. And if you sell out in 10 seconds, well, you just missed a lot of sales because you didn't buy enough or you could overbuy and you're sitting on it for a while. So that, I mean, that's the biggest challenge and we've gotten better. Um, but there's always, there's surprises every week, every month. Um, Brian, who's our time on our team, um, uh, bikey, he's, he's in Louisville and we'll look at it and we're like, do you see this coming? I'm like, 
I <laughs> never saw that coming. I don't know. And you know, it's, it's just funny to see like, and granted we're still a small piece of the consumer base, but it's like, you know, you hear, Oh, the, the bottle that's $200 is dead. And then we have a $300 bottle that sells out in 30 minutes. And it's like, right. everybody wants affordable pours and we release something that's 30 bucks and we sell six bottles. It's like, yeah. well, you know, um, that's the biggest challenge. Um, you, you know, cause it's not only is it with us, it's, it's a cash thing. It's a space thing. It's a confusion when going to, um, you, you know, pick, pack and ship. And so, um, that's while we're, it's just, it's the constant battle, but it's the fun part of it too. Thanks again for joining us on this episode of Blending Bourbon. Be sure to join us next time as Dixon and David continue their conversation with Blake Reaver.